We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is December 1st, 2019. And if you are listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. We are in the month of December. What is going on, MLM? What is going on, Marvelicious? What is going on, Marvelous? All right, that holiday season, we are right in the thick of it. So, Thanksgiving check moving on to christmas christmas is you know to me one of the best holiday of the year and it's just fantastic you know when you start to see the decorations up uh, the music going seeing a lot of more festivities festive people around greatness i love it so i'm excited how about you i enjoy this time of the year like i talked about before when it's the end of the year and family starts hanging out a lot more together it always makes it a good time it really helps with the amount of days that we have left in the school year the amount of family time that you get to be able to spend with family and loved ones days off hopefully finishing off the year strong resting and relaxing and enjoying family and company until the new year starts so for me it's always a nice way to say goodbye to the current year and say hello to the new year so i always like this time of the year it's always good so i'm excited too yeah 2020 is coming quickly you know and to me that's such an iconic year just the way that the numbers work 2020 well i think 2020 in addition to that, I think it's probably a big year for you because you'll be finishing your residency. So I'm sure that this 2020 year is a year that you've thought about forever. And the fact that you are finally at this stage, you are going to be ending one part of your life and you will be starting a new part of your life. So I know with regards to your professional career, this is pretty big for you because this is what you've been working for for so long, for 30 plus years. And now you will be at the point where you are there and you get to move on to the next stage of your life. So, yeah, 2020 is going to be huge for you, man. Oh, for sure. For sure. And um, a couple things going on, too. Uh, as you know, we love to talk about business and trying to figure out ways to you know, take the next step in investments, et cetera, et cetera. I'm happy to say that uh, I just put a down payment. Not a down payment, but I, I'm going to be closing on a property uh in the end of this month in December. And then next year, I'm just going to throw it out there. We'll see if this dream actually comes into fruition. But um, I, I'm dabbling with the idea of possibly um, looking to acquire a business when it comes to podiatry uh, in 2020. But we'll see what happens. You never know. So you are going to be able to finish the year with your sec- second rental property. That is really nice. Like you were able to pretty much fit that deadline that you were looking at. I remember a couple of podcasts ago, 
you had told the MVP crew that your goal was to get another rental house, that you were in the market for looking for one, and that your goal was to be able to close on it by the end of the year. And it seems like you may actually be able to do that. How does it feel? It feels good. But, you know, nothing is official just yet. Um, Taking things one step at a time and hopefully, you know, things work out. Well, that is awesome to hear and we will definitely be keeping posted and tuned on that. So before we get into our articles, tell me a little bit about your Thanksgiving. How was it? What did you guys do? What did the Marvin and Donna Marsland household end up doing for Thanksgiving? Talk to us. Yeah, so this year we did something new. We hosted our first official Thanksgiving at the house. Um, You know, my wife, she has uh, a beautiful, fantastic family, and um, we invited them down. And we had a good amount of people here. I'd say around 15 people or so. And we hosted Thanksgiving, and I'm not going to lie, it felt pretty good. It felt pretty good seeing so many happy, uh, smiling faces here. Uh, We were all together. We got to just experience good quality time together. At the same time, we were able to, you know, just provide for one one another. Uh, Different people brought different uh, foods. Uh, We cooked as well, and it was just all in all a good, fun experience. So you were able to survive Thanksgiving, the prepping in the beginning, and then the cleaning up after the fact. How did that go? Is the house still under one roof? Is everything still how it was when you found it? Tell me about how that went on. Yeah, yeah. So everything, there's still a roof over our head. There you go. (laughs) Um, Everything is back in order now. And I think the deal is this. When you're hosting a party uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, if the sooner that you can clean up afterwards, the better it is because you don't have that lurking thought of, oh, no, I have to clean the house, dot, dot, dot. And luckily for us, the family kind of stuck around a little bit afterwards and they all chipped in. Everybody did a little um, aspect. And when we all collectively worked together, was able to get we were able to get the house back to working order and so you know it, it really wasn't that bad it really wasn't so does this mean you will be hosting thanksgiving next year oh i don't know it, that's going to be up to uh my wife to be honest you with you but it sounds like uh she had a great time as well and you know it might be one of those things where we may do it or we may not I don't know. Time will tell. Well, congratulations. Tell your wife congratulations because hosting Thanksgiving is not for the faint of heart. Marvin, congratulations to you for being that support individual as you were going through Thanksgiving because it can be a very stressful time, but you did it. You were able to knock it out and you were able to live about it. So that's awesome. For us, Thanksgiving was really fun as well. We probably had about 35 people is what we ended up doing. We had just enough people chairs for what we planned so that was awesome ended up having the turkeys we ended up having the different macaroni dishes we ended up having everything that we talked about in the podcast it was good stuff i think my favorite was definitely the jerk turkey that we talked about so that came into deal number one and we had we pretty much had like a bake-off where we had so many homemade pies thai made a pie you know desiree made 
custom pies. Like it was good. We had all these different flavors that were there. People were happy. People were fed. It was a good time. This four-day weekend was the longest, nicest weekend that I've had in a very long time because I didn't go out anywhere. It was pretty much me staying at the house, Black Friday shopping. The deals weren't what I expected it to be, but I did get some knickknacks here and there. I ended up getting some sneakers like I planned on. I ended up getting some belts, ended up getting a door lock, ended up being able to dabble in some of the smart supplies. So overall, not a bad weekend, a lot of rest and it's time for me to start the week again. But overall, I can't complain. It was a great week. So we're going to move forward. It's December. So let's hope that this week and this month goes by as quickly as possible so we can get close to the new year. And before I forget, we decorated the tree. So Ophelia, we were able to include her on decorating of the tree. We finished that yesterday. And Ophelia is starting to really understand what the season is about so that was a good time and that was fun memories when Leah and myself and Ophelia we were able to decorate the Christmas tree so we really are bringing in the winter season with a wonderful bang man that sounds fantastic it sounds like you my friend are having a blast as well good stuff good stuff all right so shall we start off with our current event topics Marvin we shall we shall. So, uh, for me, I, I picked this article. It's from NBC News, and it's entitled "U.S. Birth Rate Falls for Fourth Year in a Row." So, a final tally of babies born in the U.S. last year confirmed that the birth rate fell again in 2018, reaching the lowest level in more than three decades. Uh, the report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center for Health Statistics found that there are about 3.7 million births registered in the U.S. in 2018, which is down pretty much 2% from 2017. A closer look at the data uh, suggests that Americans were not having enough babies to sustain the population. Uh, the total fertility rate for 2018 was 1,729 births per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44. Uh, they basically were indicating that uh, the CDC was indicating that there would be a need for 2,100 births per 1,000 women. So, in essence, uh, each woman needs to have at least two babies to replace fathers and mothers, as well as account for, you know, extra, you know, fatalities or deaths. And then the data also showed that women were waiting longer to have children. Uh, birth rates among women in their 20s and 30s declined, but they started to increase slightly among women 35 to 44. And teen birth rate for girls between the ages of 15 and 19 fell 7% from 18.8 births per 1,000 women in 2017 to 17.4 births per 1,000 in 2018. Uh, fewer babies are being born to smoking mothers, which I think is a great thing. Of the women who gave birth in 2018, 6.5% reported using a tobacco product, a 6% decline from 2017. Uh, the downward trend was noted among white women, black women, and Hispanic women. So, other thing that they mentioned was that uh, fewer babies are being born via cesarean section. 
The C-section delivery rate fell slightly in 2018 to 31.9%, down from 32% uh, the year before. So I feel as though this is uh, something important because it kind of lies in line with what we were saying before, or at least what I kind of was mentioning before in regards to, you know, if I can tie this to, say, Social Security, for example, um, I, kn- I always tell myself that I don't think Social Security will be around when it's time for me to retire. And the point of view that I'm taking that from is just, you know, economics. Like uh, Social Security, the way that the funding, from how I understand it, is is from active working people putting money into Social Security and if it's just a pure numbers game, you need to have more people working, giving money into Social Security to take care of those individuals who are actively retiring so that they are able to uh, continue receiving money as the months go on. But if we're looking at just pure statistics and the number of uh, individuals being born, if you have more people needing Social Security then there are individuals who are able to produce the money to fund the Social Security, then something has to give. I don't think, I don't see how uh, Social Security will be able to sustain itself. And this is just another uh, tidbit, you know, this birth rate falling um, is another tidbit to that overall narrative that I kind of see. And, you know, this is giving me extra fuel, if you will, to my understanding of why it is important to understand your finances, you know, look at the big picture as well, because you are, you, one would need to take care of uh, the future aspect. And this is one, one step that you can take uh, to take care of your future self. So that was interesting how you, I, when I was reading this, I didn't even think about social security, but I think the point that you brings up is a very good point. If we are looking at, how that process is. I think we all have pretty much come to the conclusion that at some point the rules are going to change. If we want to talk specifically about Social Security, we've been able to see that change during our lifetime. Before, you know, the Social Security age or retirement age was 65, the number is moving up. And I think I've read somewhere where now it's like, if you want your full, and don't quote me on this, but I just know that you know, people have talked 63, 65, and now I think I might have read or heard somewhere that 68 if you want your full or something like that. So to be able to get it, you'll get it at a discounted amount. You won't get the full 100% if you get it sooner. And then I think in order for you to get either the full amount or the, or the extra incentive, you have to wait until you're 68. So we know that they've been playing around with that formula just because they're trying to make sure that the money is stretched as long as possible. I think another thing that's interesting, too, it's not this article, but I feel like in addition to us having less births, we're also seeing that people are living longer. So now you've got the double whammy. You have less people that are being born. You've got the people who are alive. They're living longer. So they're going to be using Social Security for a lot longer, which means those resources are going to be tapped even more. And if they're reaching that phase where they get more than 100% of what their money is, then that's even more of a stress when it comes to Social Security. So that was another added point that I wanted to add to that. I guess the other thing that I was looking at, and I don't know what your thoughts are, are why 
do we feel that this is happening? I mean, we looked, we have the numbers. The numbers pretty much say that, you know, for the fourth year in a row, the amount of births that have happened in the United States is falling. Why do you think that the birth rate is falling in the United States? Well, I think, again, I, I don't have extra information as far as specifically explaining why, but I can go out there and, you know, give an idea. I think one idea might be that um, we as a nation, we want to be able to have more control over what we're doing, how we're doing, uh, specifically when it comes to like working, for example. Um, I think that more women are uh, entering the workforce, which I think is fantastic. And as more women are entering the workforce, uh, then they are also uh, in a position where they have to uh, see where they want to put a lot of their time. And I don't know, it's a really tough uh, situation because... I think in the past, we saw, I think in the past, it's a matter of, you know, ah, that's a good, I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer that question. I really don't know the answer. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think for me, it's, if you're looking at just how the United States and how society have changed, I think a lot of it is going to be the role of women in in the past. I think the role of women were to be the homemakers and the role of women were to have kids and to take care of those kids. And it was strictly more of a domestic type of role. But I think now with just the change in how society is, I think you have scenarios where that's not happening. I think that... You know, back in the day, you know, when you have some families, like, for instance, look at our household. I mean, how many brothers and sisters does mom have and how many brothers and sisters do we have? So I think some of that is going to be not being able to stay at home, not having somebody who's a homemaker, having that same individual working. And as far as lifestyle creep, I mean, it's getting more and more expensive to raise children. So I think that economics does definitely have something to say about that. And then I think with the lifestyle, if you have jobs that are, if you have, you know, our women working 40 hour plus a week and women, our women are starting to be the breadwinners, they're not going to be able to really afford to take time off of work. They're not going to really be able, if they are the primary breadwinner of the household, they're not going to have time to, you know, stay and have the maternity leave and support the household. And also looking at, you know, what is the demographics of that household? You know, do you have, you know, what is the marriage rate? What is the rate of, you know, two parents being, you know, together for raising a child? So I think all of that has to do with just what type of lifestyle and what type of especially in the United States, I think it's just different than it was way back when. And I think with this career focus that we have, it's changing. So I think that is probably one of the main reasons why you're starting to see the amount of childbirths going down. And I think if you were to ask 
you know, different people. Like for you, how many kids? I mean, I know this is something that you and Don are thinking about, but I know Lee and I, when we ask about how many kids do we want, we pretty much say two, you know, and that's pretty much basing that's not going to be more than two. So that's already there. And I can, if you were to compare that to somebody two generations ago, you've got each of those people doing four or five. So that's what my biggest change is, is I think that the numbers are different because the lifestyle is different and society is dictating different stuff and married couples want different things than they had before. That would be what my initial thought would be on that. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Maybe it's possibly people just don't want to have as many kids as they had before. And then the economic aspect behind um, having children, uh, it costs more to raise kids. And so, you know, when you factor all that together and I know, um, more women uh, are entering the workforce and they want to be in the workforce, which is fantastic. And uh, with that being said, uh, I feel like maybe women are waiting longer to have children because they want to be more uh, economically in tune with the responsibility of raising children as well. I think also, too, with technology, I think, you know, with the amount of oopsie babies i think that number may be changing as well i think with the advent of birth control i think with the advent of just understanding you know from a medical perspective different ways of being able to have birth control i think that also changes things as well so it's i i think it's basically that when i'm looking at it from that perspective I think another thing that would be interesting in this conversation is to, we talked about Social Security as being one of the things that would be negatively affected with the amount of population that you have. You know, are there any positives in this? You know, I know one of the things that, like with your Earth, with the world, I mean, I think people would say that's not a renewable source. And at some point, you know, every day that's, something is alive is another day closer to something not being there. And you look at the amount of people, you look at the amount of resources that are being used and obtained. Is there a good thing with having the birth rate decrease? Are there any pluses when it comes to that? Is it a good thing that, you know, does this mean less pollution because less people are going to be incurring on things? Does this mean you have less wasted resources does this mean that this is an opportunity to be able to have more land later on? And if we were to consider, if we were to continue on having more and more people, would we be at a point where we're very similar to China, where China, I believe, has a rule of how many kids each household can have? With us having this decrease in the birth rate, is that helping us in the long run? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's, yeah, I wish I had more information uh, to look at when it comes to all of that. But uh, I don't know if we are necessarily on that type of trajectory just yet. Um, and I think with China, I don't know if they still have a mandated uh, amount of children that uh, can be born anymore. I don't know. But, you know, these are definitely questions uh, that are important to ask. Because if we 
look at the future and if we're trying to take care of the planet, we need to make sure that um, we have enough resources, you know, for the children and for all the future generations. But I don't know if we're at that point where that's uh, something that is uh, in dire necessity just yet. So, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you, but to be honest with you, I'm just not really sure. But something I did want to point out and I thought it was um, uh, something very positive is the is that the teen birth rate for girls between 15 and 19 fell 7% from 18.8 births per 1,000 women in 2017. And I think that is a testament to a lot of the uh, older women and families and public service announcements and just trying to educate individuals on you know, what you need to do in order to, you know, take care of yourself, take care of others. And I think that the concept of children having children um, can be very tough, uh, especially if um, one isn't economically sound and uh, it just makes things a lot harder to, you know, raise children when you're a child yourself. And the fact that teen birth rates are decreasing, I think, is, you know, fantastic. Yeah, I think that 7% is a pretty big number if you're going from your you're decreasing from 18.8 to 17.4. I think that is something that is significant and is a lot of that based off of more education is a lot of that based off of understanding, you know, how things work. I I do agree with you. I think that it may be more difficult in society in the United States and it may be difficult as a teenage parent with the understanding or the assumption that teenage parents may not be able to have the same lifestyle as parents who are in their 30s and 40s based off of an economic perspective. So I think that is something that, you know, could be positive. I, I know that, you know, teen birth rate, I think, is all relative you know, United States is probably something that is not necessarily the most common. But if you go to different countries, you may see that having a teen birth rate being a certain number may be a cultural thing, may be something that is understood and may be a norm. So I think depending on where you're looking at it and from what your vantage point is, you know, that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. But I would venture to guess that if we're looking at the United States and we look at the culture that we're in now, there's probably a, a negative perception of teenage parents because most of your teenage parents, you know, if you're looking at what society says, you know, it, it, it's not the majority because, you know, these parents are either, they, these may be unwed, you know, parents, which, you know, for however you feel, yes or no, good thing or bad thing. I mean, it is what it is, but I, I would probably venture to say that the statistics show that it's tougher to be a teen parent than it would be a adult parent. So I can see where you're coming from when it comes to that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Okay. So uh, what do you got going for us today? What article did you choose? You know, it's going back and forth between do... I want to stick with a another baby or do I want to do 
you know, something that's kind of related to eating and Thanksgiving and going back and forth. And I think I'm going to go with a men's health article. So this is not related to Thanksgiving, but it is related to eating. And I think it's funny and interesting. So I figure let's just balance out our topic. So we go from factual to not satire, but you'll you'll see more when you read what I'm talking about. So this is a men's health article. This was written by Philip Ellis. And the name of the article is These Guys Tried Eating All of Terry Crews' Epic Cheat Day Meals. So for those of you guys who aren't familiar with Terry Crews, Terry Crews is one of the spokespeople for Old Spice. You know, he's the guy with the big, big muscles and he knows how to make his chest jiggle. And he's he's a very hilarious guy. He is an actor. He, you know, I think he used to play football. I mean, I think he's a very talented person, but we wanted to read this article that was discussing what his cheat day meal was like. So back in May, Men's Health cover star, actor, and TV host Terry Crews talked us through his favorite cheat day meals. This week, Barb Ben's co-founder David Tao and nutrition editor Nick English calculated exactly how many calories went into Crews' epic cheat day and decided to try it for themselves. So if you guys want to try something like this, I would encourage you guys to try it and, you know, reach out to us. You can definitely email us at marcelandbrothers at gmail.com or put a post comment on this article about did you do it? What did you eat? How did it work and how you felt? So I'm going to tell you what they did and it also enacts how they feel. And we'll just see if we can remember maybe some of our most toxic eating that we've ever done. So, the challenge begins with a pair fasting for 16 hours until 2 p.m., just like Cruz, followed by an eight-hour window in which they recreate his cheat day menu. Check out the original video on the article that we'll post, and then take a look at how English and Tao fare. First up, the apple fritter. The version of this fried, sugary treat that Tao and English consume comes in at 380 calories and 3.8 grams of protein. And again, just like Cruz, English rides out his sugar high by playing video games. Next, at 4 p.m., is a 16-inch pizza. This is bigger than the 12-inch pie that Crew eats in his original video. Loaded with as many toppings as possible, just the way the man himself likes it. This counts for around 2,790 calories and 125 grams of protein each. Yowzer. It's an anabolic at least says English. He manages to finish his pizza while Tao throws in a towel with just one slice remaining. Their third meal of the day is at 8 p.m. is lobster mac and cheese, a rich, heavy dish by itself, but Cruz also stipulates that it should be eaten with lots of bread. English sources a large two-pound serving for each of them with a calorie content of approximately 1,550 calories. I wonder how much fat mass my body can put into in one day Tao muses as they chow down and there's still dessert to come at 9.30pm just before the 8 hour window closes they take on Cruz peach cobbler which includes an extra thick all butter crust topped with generous scoop of vanilla ice cream around 680 calories 
I'm so full, moans Tao, noting that they have already nearly eaten 5,000 calories each that day before even reaching the cobbler. I'm not Terry Crews' size. I just want to get this over with. I never thought I'd say this about eating a delicious peach cobbler with ice cream. I just want to get this done. At the end of the eight hours, their grand total for the day is a staggering 5,400 calories, with both of them feeling sluggish and on the verge of a food coma. I wonder how long this diet would take to kill you, says Tao. I'm actually getting reverse hangry. So there we are. We already knew it takes a hell of a lot of drive to work out like Terry Crews. Turns out you need an inordinate amount of motivation to eat like him, too. Marvin, what do you think about that? 5,400 calories in one day. Marvin, tell the viewers, if you don't remember, I'll tell you, what is the amount of calories that is recommended in a typical diet? In a typical diet, I'm thinking, is it like 2,100 calories? It's like 2,000 calories. I think when you look at the nutrition guide or just the nutrition... The nutritional supplement section in every box that you have, it'll tell you what the recommended diet is. So I'm going to grab that, but you just tell me what you're thinking. Tell the audience, 5,400 calories, what is going on with that? Oh, my goodness. That's that's pretty much like three times the amount of a normal, typical caloric day. You know, I can't fathom eating that much and feeling good about it. Uh, when you eat that much food, uh, you just feel very uh, bloated. You feel like you can't do anything. And then you start to get really sleepy and tired. And you know anything that you do just slows you down. Woo. Uh, I would have to say I, I give it up to these guys trying. But that's not something that I would try to do on my own. Like 5,000 over 5,000 calories in one day, it's way too much. Way too much. Man, so I've got, I was looking for some, so this is the exact wording of what it says in your nutritional facts section. So I got one of my favorite foods in the whole wide world. I've got peanut butter. All right. So there's usually some verbiage probably too blurry for you to read it so i'm going to show it to you and then i'm going to say it so the verbiage is the percent daily value tells you how much a nutrient in a serving of food contributes to a daily diet Two thousand calories a day is used for general nutrition advice so you're going from two thousand to pretty much six thousand so like you said triple the amount of what the recommended nutritional value is and they are doing this in eight hours. My, oh, my. Eight hours? Forget it. <laughs> I mean, Couldn't eight do hours. It. This, Couldn't isn't do it. this is not like, you know, a typical person probably gets eight hours sleep. So if they get eight hours sleep, that means they're up for 16 hours, right? And right. that's typical. So most people, they don't get eight hours sleep. They may get closer to five, six, seven so they're stretching this out in between 16 and 20 hours. They're getting, you know, 2,000 is what they recommended. These guys in eight hours did 5,400 calories. Like, 
I I've got <laughs> no words. Like I've got no words. Like yes, I get Teddy I'm, I, Terry Crews. I mean, this guy is a beast. This guy, if you look at his muscles, I mean, this guy's muscles are like mountains, and this guy is swole. I mean, that's just what he does. But you know, I'm looking at these guys. Like I don't have their weights and stuff, but these guys look like your normal Joe Schmoes on the street. And I feel like they they don't even weigh 5,400 calories, <clears throat> let alone being able to eat. I, I wonder how much weight of food that is, and for them to be able to put that in their body, not regurgitate it, and still be able to function. Like, I would be just looking at that first meal. I mean, I think for most people eating, let's just, let's look at every meal and let's just, let's just look at that. So first up, first meal, this is around 2 p.m. So they're probably starving. You know, they, their first meal is, I mean, I guess it's kind of like a apple fritter. So, I mean, some people may, I mean, sweet pastries, some people can probably look at that as, you know, a, a nice way, especially if you're hungry, especially if you haven't eaten and you fasted for 16 hours. So eating an apple fritter, 380 calories, eh, whatever, that's, that's a nice warm-up, that's good to go, so I don't think there's anything that's too out of the ordinary about that, I mean, especially first meal of the day, I don't think I'm blinking at 380 calories, what do you think about that first meal, Marvin, 380 calories, sugar treat? No, 380 calories, that's a, that's a typical meal, so at this point, I'm like, eh, not impressed. Well, especially if you think about 380 calories and 2,000 is the recommendation of that. So, yeah, that's not a lot. You know, if you have three meals, 2,000, that's about 700 calories a meal if you're having three meals a day. So, 380, right. eh, whatever. All right. So, this was at 2 p.m. Two hours later, it's kind of like their lunch. So, they are eating, so it looks like. Terry Crews eats a 12-inch pizza, and he says loaded with as many possibles, as many t- toppings as possible. So when I'm thinking about, you know, a 12 or 16-ounce pizza, you know, if it's just a normal cheese or maybe one topping, ah, you know, I, I don't think it's whatever. Okay, I mean, this is your second meal. It's 4 p.m. All you've eaten the whole entire day was an apple fritter. So 12 inches, I mean, I'm, you, you imagine a 12-inch, I mean, that, that's about this all around. 16, fine. I mean, I'm not necessarily, okay, I'm like, all right, I could probably do that. I could probably eat a 16, if I haven't eaten the whole day, all I've eaten is an apple fritter. I could probably eat a 16-inch pizza. Now, that would have to be only cheese or maybe cheese and pepperoni. I don't know what as many toppings as possible is because that would be what the wild card would be. But I think I'm still with them right now with the 16 inches of pizza. I think I could do it at that point. I think I'm good. What do you think, Marvin? Yeah, at the point of the 12 inch pizza, the way I'm breaking it down is like this. Am I still enjoying myself? I think at this point, eating the pizza, I would still be enjoying myself. But towards the end of the pie, I would be tapping out. I'd probably be saying, you know what? I'm I'm full. <laughs> I don't want any more. <laughs> but up until this point, I think I would still be enjoying the meals. Yeah, I mean, pizza, who does not like pizza? Like, pizza is one of the best meals ever. Like, I think Leah, so Leah and I, we 
eat pizza on our date nights every Friday. It's something that we look forward to. And I think pizza is Leah's favorite food. And I think pizza probably is my favorite food. So right now, 4 p.m., I think we're good to go as long as it's maybe cheese or cheese in one topping. If it's any more than that, eh, but I'm with them right now. All right, so now we're looking at the third meal of the day. Now this is at 8 p.m. This is where I think, all right, this is four hours from eating a large pizza. This is where I think I would probably, because what this meal is, this is lobster mac and cheese. And it looks like they did a two-pound serving of lobster mac and cheese. So I think at this point, I'm like looking at that mac and cheese. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not really hungry. Uh, you know, maybe I take a bite or two. And then I think at this point, again, this was four hours from the last meal. I think at this point, I'm done. I... You know, mac and cheese is awesome. Lobster mac and cheese is good. But I think I'm done. I think no more. I think I'm crying at this point. I take maybe two bites just to taste it. But I think at this point, um, my stomach is probably gurgling. All this cheese that I've consumed between the cheese pizza and now this lobster mac and cheese. I think I'm good to go. I'm done. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I'm done. I don't... I think I'm done. And this is where I say, Terry Crews, you're the man. And I give props to English and Tao because that's that's too much for me. What about you, Mark? Yeah, at this point, I'm probably taking a bite or two and saying, you know what? It was a good idea, but I'm not, I can't finish. Nope, not doing it. Can't do it. I probably would tap out at that point as well. So this is at 8 p.m. So they finished that. This is telling me here that they have probably they're doing two pounds worth, which I'm definitely not doing. They're doing 1,550 calories, and then now an hour and a half later, they are finishing out with dessert. And with dessert, what they're doing is they're doing a peach cobbler, extra thick all butter crust, topped off with ice cream. And at this point. I don't know if I I look at it and I think I'm just sick, I think. <laughs> I think I'm sick. I think I all of a sudden become lactose intolerant again, more dairy. Like how much dairy can you have in a day? Like I think at this point if I wasn't lactose intolerant, I think I would become lactose intolerant because that's <laughs> just a lot of dairy and when I read all butter thick crust after eating all that mac and cheese, I don't butter is probably the least thing that I want to think about at this point because all I think about when I hear butter is probably lard. So I'm not down with that. The vanilla ice cream, it's I think just the smell of it at this point, I'm done with it. So me I think I smell this and when I smell it, I think I probably pop a button in my belt and it's it's all going downhill from there. So I don't even eat any dessert. I don't eat any dessert. I don't eat for like maybe two days is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, 5,400 calories. I mean, that's pretty much three days worth of eating right there. So I don't eat the whole next day. I'm done. I'm done. No more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm probably checked out. Although 
you know, when when, uh, when one thinks about the concept of dessert, isn't it supposed to be something where you eat until you're full, and then dessert is just the taste at the end? So you can maybe eat one bite or a couple bites, and you're like, you know what? I had a little taste. I'm good. I'm done. But to to eat a lot of dessert, ah, that would just be torture for me. So again, at this point, I'm tapped out. I would probably just look at it and say, no, thank you, and then move on. You know what I mean? The other thing that I can't stop but think about is that this is his cheat meal. If this is his cheat meal, that pretty much means that this is something that he's maybe doing maybe once a week, then, you think? you Our cheat meals tend to be once a week just to get you to a certain point where, hey, I don't want to do it, or is this like a once-a-month type thing? Man, the way I see it, I, I think cheap meals should be once a week. But, oh, my goodness, if he can do this once a week, I want to know what type of workouts he has to do, you know, in order to make sure that he stays right and, uh, you know, he continues to move things in the right direction. Gosh, well, I think after just watching that I, I or listening and reading that article, I think um. I think I'm good until tomorrow. I don't even know if I'm going to eat dinner tonight. <laughs> but on that note, man, look, it's it's 8.06. We've got to start the week strong. So what do you want to leave with your fans? So let's talk about your first article that you wrote about or you read about the U.S. birth rate falls for the fourth year in a row. What are some final points that you want to discuss before we close that out? I guess what I'm trying to say is... Um, I can't really say if that's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. It's just information. And so for me, whenever I'm given information, I try to see how can I use that to better prepare myself in the future. And uh, I mean, disclaimer, I'm not a female, so I've, I'm probably not the best person to talk about this article. But, you know, I just read the article and I was just trying to tell you guys from my point of view. I think it would be awesome if we can get... Um, others uh, to come on the on the show to talk about that as well but in any case uh, it's just important to look to your future when I read that I you know for whatever reason I started thinking about Social Security and you know it's just more motivation for me to prepare for the future because hey maybe Social Security might not be there so if it's not I'll be fine all right very cool so <laughs> with my article <laughs> I I think, you know, my cheat days, when I think of cheat days, it's days that, you know, I maybe eat a small or medium-sized pizza for dinner, and that is my cheat day. I think reading 5,000 calories plus and just looking at the description and the time frame of how much he eats at that one point in time, I give... Eating, I mean, you can't play around with eating, man. Like, it's to be able to make yourself eat when you don't want to eat. That is what those guys did. And what Terry Crews, what I'm assuming is his cheat day. Like, he's, like, having fun. He's eating it. Like, he's like, mm, 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 and he can't get more and more and more of it. And this guy is just enjoying it because a cheat day you're going to enjoy. Like, you're not going to eat till you throw up if it's a cheat day. You're going to eat to enjoy. So I'm just thinking... He's just eating 5,000 calories, and he's enjoying himself. So how is this man going to be, like, if he were to do the equivalent of what we're doing for 5,000 calories for him? Like, 
triple the normal is for us six thousand. So for him, it'd be like fifteen thousand calories. So that just puts it into perspective. So you know, enjoy your cheat days. You know, you work hard. You've got to, especially when you're working out. I feel like it's something that you look forward to, so you don't eat bad throughout the whole rest of the week. But I give you crop props, Terry Crews. I mean, I would want, I would probably pay money just to watch you eat all that food in eight hours and just watch you do all the stuff that you do because it's pretty much your day off. So that's what my take is on that. There you go. All right, Marvin, what you got going on for the rest of the week before we sign out? Starting a new rotation. It's a new month. Let's get it. I'll be at a different hospital and uh, doing podiatry. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. For me, it's back to the Mondays, so I just need to wake up tomorrow morning and just face the blues. But hey, MVP crew, we're all going through this together. So hopefully you, you know, whether you're listening to this on your drive to work or your drive coming back to work or whether you're working out or whatever you're doing, hopefully it'll make your Monday go by a little quicker. So thank you again, MVP crew, for watching another episode of the Marston Brothers podcast. Ways that you can get at us is you can send us an email over at marcelandbrothers at gmail.com. Definitely send us some of your emails so that we can see what you like and what you don't like and continue to give us the feedbacks on what you like to do. You can also Google us. If you Google us at Marcelin Brothers Podcast, we are starting to make some moves, man. Like we are, I'm not, I don't want to say mainstream media, but it's one of those things where when you Google Marcelin Brothers Podcast, you'll see, you'll what? see a lot of our podcasts. You'll see our YouTube. You'll see different podcast venues so we're starting to be discovered i think the internet likes us so just google marston brothers podcast and once you google that you will be able to find all the different ways that social media has us so please 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 subscribe please leave a five-star review please tell us how you think we're doing let us know how you feel and with that being said thank you again for another wonderful episode marvin we will see each other at some point next week via podcast and other than that i'm out all right take it easy all right guys be good be safe enjoy your week and we're out thanks for listening to the marston brothers podcast and remember do work and make a difference in somebody's life